Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner and user of Mint Mobile. And I am recording this message on my phone. I'm literally on my Mint phone. Why? Because fancy recording studios cost money. And if we spent money on things like that, we couldn't offer you screaming deals. Like if you sign up now for three months, you get three months free on every one of your plans, even unlimited. Visit mintmobile.com slash switch. Limited time, new customer offer. Activate within 45 days. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Unlimited customers using more than 40 gigabytes per month will experience lower speeds. Video streams at 480p. See mintmobile.com for details. On today's episode, I've got one of the most independent music podcasts in the country. Welcome to the podcast. If you like us, leave a comment below. Subscribe to our YouTube channel now and make sure you never miss another upload. It's time to bring you yet another amazing episode. Chatting Tracks with Rob, the face for Radio Burgess. Hello and welcome to Chatting Tracks with me, Rob, the face for Radio Burgess. Now, if you've not done it, give that cheeky like button a smash. And then you can keep up to date with what's going on in the world of chatting tracks. On today's episode, I've got Pete Saxer of Unknown Sounds, a podcast that plays nothing but independent bands and artists. Now, this is fantastic. Normally, we don't get a chance to do this. But on today's episode, we're going to play some music. So all the artists featured in this episode, the links are going to be below. So if you like anything you hear, just go below and you can find the artists, their websites and their music and also Pete's podcast. And don't forget, comment on the video as well, because I'd love to hear your comments on the songs. Anyway, that's enough of me. I'll see you on the next one. Ta-da. Chatting tracks. Let's talk music. So growing up, was there much music in your house? Was your parents into music or was, or was it sort of one of those things where you discovered music by yourself? Well, my father was always into music. He always had his little component stereo, you know, and he, I also had a clothes in play, so I would play a lot of his records on that. Yeah, did they have clothes in plays here? Um, I think so, but they were like big sideboards. No, no, this was just a little plastic blue thing that the, the needle was on the lid of the of the component so you would close it and the needle would go on it was it sounded absolutely horrible but that was my first stereo so yeah my father used to play a lot of um a lot of 45s and i remember him taking the needle back and forth especially the rab what do you remember the rambling man yeah. um, there was a song called the rambling man and he loved it so he would go back and try and write the lyrics down so it'd be you know get a, a, a and get a sentence here, a sentence there, and then keep going back and forth. And by the end, he scratched the heck out of that 45, <laughs> but he knew the words. So, yeah, he also used to play guitar. So we used to sing, sing songs and stuff, you know, as a family. It was nice. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like that. But then, of course, I got into my own music, you know. And what That's was it? trouble started. <laughs> what sort of album or single really sort of made you sort of open your eyes and go, wow, what's this? Well, I do you remember smoking in the boys' room? Yeah. I really liked that. That came out when I was in sixth grade, and I really liked that. It was just like a cacophony of these sounds. I was like, wow, it's not just because before that, my, my parents grew up in the 50s, so we listened to a lot of 50s music, you know, and that was, you know, very staged and kind of, it was okay, but doo-wop is doo-wop, you know, and then that came along. I was like, wow, there's there's stuff out there for me, you know? <laughs> first artist that i really got into was elton john oh really yeah he was i he was amazing you know our song i was i listened to this stuff in real time when it was coming out you know i'm i'm quite old now <laughs> so in the 70s i loved him as a singer songwriter he was absolutely amazing so did, were you sort of instantly hooked by music and did you sort of go to gigs at the time was there much around for you to see no i didn't really go to a lot of gigs until i was older I'm not sure why, you know, but I used to listen to a lot of music. Um, the first gig that I wanted to go to was Kiss. Because right after 
I fell out of love with Elton John. I fell in love with Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. <laughs> and I loved them. I wanted, I wanted, I got the magazine and everything, and I really wanted to go see him. And I was supposed to go see him. Me and my friend Terry Camp was supposed to go see him. And um, all I had to do was get permission from my parents. And at first they said yes, but then my older brother, Ray, said, wait a second, he's too young to go see this band. You know, you know what they do with those things? They drinking and all this kind of stuff. So in the end, I wasn't allowed to go. Oh, no way. I know. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was, I think I was 18 that I first saw the Kinks. I went to the Kinks at the Spectrum in Philadelphia. Me, it was a very intimate gig. It was me and 150,000 other people. <laughs> <laughs> so am I right thinking you grew up in the New York area? Did you go to CBGB's and all these other clubs? I did go to CBGB's once. Um, what a dive, mate. It was such a dive. But I saw uh, Iggy Pop was there and that was amazing. But to tell you the truth, I was really scared <laughs> because it was, a, it was a rough and tumble area, you know, and I was quite young. This is, I was probably 18 or 19 and uh, it was a great show. I was really glad I went and it really turned me on to the alternative kind of scene. So has punk always been one of those things that you've always loved? Well, I remember when the Sex Pistols came out, there was this, there was this show on, on uh, television uh, one day at a time and it was just about this single woman growing up with kids and she lived in a in an apartment building and Schneider was the superintendent who used to come around and fix things and he lent the youngest girl a stereo and he said you could play any music on there except for the Sex Pistols <laughs> and I was like the Sex Pistols who, who is that so I started listening to the Sex Pistols and and I was hooked only because such emotion, you know, such rage and fury. I loved it. I really loved it. And then I got into the Dead Kennedys and it just, it just snowballed from there. And I saw a lot of punk shows. Wow. Was there, I mean, punk pretty much started in New York. Was there a massive punk scene at the time or was it one of those things where it was just like four or five bands and you happened to see them at the same time? Um, no, there, it was a pretty big scene. By the time I got in, you know, I was in probably the early 80s now. Uh, 82, 83 is when I really saw a lot. And actually, it wasn't even in New York. It was in New Jersey. There was a club in Trenton called City Gardens. It's fantastic. There's a Netflix documentary about it. And I went to half those shows that they show on the Netflix. I saw um, Jello Biafra and the Dead Kennedys. I saw uh, Suicidal Tendencies, The Descendants. So many bands. It was really a lot of fun. It sounds like... Um like you were influenced by English music at the start and then punk came in and wiped it all away. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing, Robbie, because in America, they don't really talk about where bands are from, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't into like listening to interviews and all that stuff. I just liked the music, you know? So yeah. Elton John, the Beatles, they all sang in an American accent. So as far as I was concerned, they're all American. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever try to form your own band and play your uh, like instruments yourself no i i have not been blessed um with uh, musical talent at all i play the guitar a little bit just for my own fun and try the ukulele but no I'm, I'm not really good at it i wish i was i really do but i'm not i think punk ukulele would be an angle no one's covered yet. <laughs> that would be great that would be fantastic <laughs> one show though we were, we were at the city gardens and we were seeing suicidal tendencies i don't have you ever heard of them i have yeah yeah, they have this, this song called, jeez, um, Institutionalized. And it's all about this kid who sits in his room all day and he's thinking about this and this and that. And it's very slow. You know, and then all of a sudden it just releases in, into the chorus. It just goes, ah! 
So <laughs> I went, I went down into the pit, and at, your, at City Gardens there was a pit. It was like a foot deep, and it was concrete. So I started going around, and I'm doing my thing, going around, and then all of a sudden. The chorus comes and it's just like, ah, and people are all over the place. And I was down on the ground. I was down on the ground. I thought I was going to die. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I feel this hand come down, grab my arm, lifts me off the ground and puts me down on, you know, up on the, uh, up on the edge of the pit. I look up. It's this huge guy dressed in leather with a big mohawk, huge guy. And he said, looks like you were going to get hurt in there. <laughs> I said, thanks, buddy. <laughs> the next day, I had five black and blue marks on my arm where his fingers were from picking me up. But thank God he did. <laughs> it reminds me of um, back in the clubs we used to go to in the 90s when uh, Nevermind just come out. I yeah. used to play Teen Spirit. And there was this thing where I think it started in Brazil and it was quite brutal. So they used to separate at the verse. And then when it would go, where the hell? everyone would just run in and start punching each other. And it started in Brazil, but people were, you know, in Brazil, people were getting killed. It was really, really nasty. Oh my gosh. Um, there was, it was like a street fighting thing they did and they did it in the club. And then, I, so we were there, my mates, and I said, oh, I'll get around in. So I've gone to the bar, not paying attention and I've got these drinks and it just happened. I, I got the drinks and as the verse was thinking, so I turned around and walking, I thought, oh, this is quite a nice, clear dance floor. And then all of a sudden, where that bang? And I was in the middle of this fight. <laughs> so all I could do oh was just my gosh. Here above my head. <laughs> and then i was getting punched in the ribs and punched in the face and all this sort of stuff and then i, I was like oh so i got out the melee and then i was like great and i went i put the pint glasses down they had about an inch in each <laughs> so like yourself i had all these bruises for days over like two inches of beer yeah oh great <laughs> i mean it's wonderful that uh, like you and i have memories like those because you don't really get clubs around anymore that play music like this sort of stuff do you no, you don't it's kind of gone this sort of music scene in that sense of things being a bit chaotic and mm. like CBGBs with dirt on the floor and the, um, you know, the toilet being broken and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's Big a shame. holes in the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sticky dance floors. I was in, in mm. the sticky dance floors where there'd be like beer from yesterday. That was, it's a real shame. These things don't exist anymore. So yeah. leading up to the podcast there is, is this why you sort of formed your podcast because of your love of music? Um, well, I'll tell you what, I have a friend who started a radio st station and he kept bugging me on, he wanted me to do a show, do a show. And I'm, I'm quite shy. I was like, nah, I don't want to do a show. I don't want to do a show. I think he only liked my voice because I have an American accent and my questionable sense of humor. <laughs> but finally I gave in. He had a good idea. So why don't you do independent music show? And I, I went right into it. I said, yeah, I think I can do that. I think I can do it. But I was really worried because who's going to send me music? You know, I had no idea how to do it, if there would be an audience, if there would be people sending in music. It was it was kind of stressful, but mm. I'm glad I did it. A few years later, we're still going strong. And when you first started, did you get sort of was it an instant sort of hit? Did it get an influx of tracks and things like that? Um, Yeah, actually, it took a it took a while for me to do a lot of the uh, social media stuff, because that's where that's where all the connections are made. <clears throat> but I quickly found out, though, there isn't a huge a market for independent music out there. You know, there are some stations and some podcasts, but it's not that many. I was surprised. So uh, once I started doing the show and people heard their music on the, at first it was on a radio station, uh, they really, really liked it. And the word got around and I, I got inundated with music, you know, and also I try to make a connection with the people. You know, I, I write them emails. It's not just everything is just not, uh, you know, just forms. It was like, 
I try to speak to him. I try to speak to him on telephone and uh, talk to him and, and become almost like friends with him, you know, virtual friends. And I have done in a lot. And so because of that, I think, and because I love the music, a lot of the bands and the solo artists are, I consider friends now, which is really nice. Mm. What's nice about listening to the show is you can tell it's not disposable to you. It's not sort of the artists have been on and they're like, yeah, thanks for that. And next up, it's so-and-so. You can tell you definitely try to build a rapport of the artists and like a working relationship, if you like. And um, mm. yeah, I mean, I've, I've been listening to the podcast and I found some fantastic bands um, through that, that are really, really interesting as well. And it's, it's that double-edged sword at the moment, isn't it? That you can find a band that's amazing, but getting that elusive record deal is harder nowadays because it's not what they're cookie cutter in at the moment. You know, because it's not Harry Styles or it's not, you know, a One Direction. They still a thing because it's not like a One Direction. Then you know, yeah. they, these bands won't get signed. And but there always is a shift in music where, so like, you know, you had disco and then overnight, My Sharona come out and whacked it away. You know, and mm. it, it's one of those things that once this shift happens again, that these bands will then probably be pushed right to the forefront of music, which is where they deserve to be. Because some of the stuff I've heard is fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Some of it is absolutely amazing. But, you know, it's so different from what it was in the 70s and 80s and 90s. You know, people put out their own music now. I say it's independent, unsigned bands, but they have their own, their own companies, their own, their own way, their own production companies, their own way to put their music out, which, which is great. Um, for me, though, if a band got, a, got signed... Um, then I wouldn't play them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I haven't got there yet, but um, my USP for the for the show is I only play music by independent unsigned bands who send us their own music. So if if the band starts sending me music and then they become successful and they get a manager saying, then they start sending me music. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I can't play it anymore. I'm not sure if that if that. Um, it's going to continue that way. We'll see how it goes. Because hopefully some of the bands that I, that I promote will do rather well. I think that they like the independent world, you know. They don't want to be, you know, slapped in with Britney Spears and, you know, uh, soulless kind of music, I say. Although Britney definitely has a soul, I might think so. I love Britney. Everybody I know do. Knows me knows you look a lot like her, by the way. Thanks very much. Only about my health. Um, so, shall we play someone um, from the show? Let's let's play a video, a song by Emma Howitt. Now, Emma is up from. She's in Worcester in the UK. She's also the lead singer of a band called Chevy Chase Stole My Wife, and that band actually just played in um, Glastonbury this year. They did really, really well. So she's wow. she's been a big supporter of the show, and I'm a big supporter of Emma. She's a very very talented woman. This is a song from no it's not from her album it's off uh it's a single and it's a it's a great one she's she plays most of the instruments in the video as you'll see so here's emma howard with how
Wow. Fantastic, right? Yeah. Yeah, really, really good. <laughs> and I love the um I love the fact that it's all dependently made. It's it's sort of you can yeah. tell it's all been sort of handmade, the music, the video, the whole thing. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Very creative as well, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And the song is great. The songs, of course, is about empowering yourself, isn't it? It's fantastic. You know, I'm no longer gonna sit back and let you do the talking. I'm gonna howl myself. In fact, yeah. there's a line in there that says, I thought life was something fun for other people to do. And that connects with me because I've always been afraid my whole life, you know? In fact, Unknown Sounds is the first thing I'm doing where I feel like it's just me and it's actually doing really well. So it's, it's the music is empowering me and I'm empowering the show, which is, I think, fantastic. That's really, really that's, that's a lovely way of looking at it as well, that it's, yeah. um, it's symmetry between you and the artists. Mm, exactly. That, that's really, really cool. And, that, and that's pretty much what the artists can do. If they make a track like that or a video, they can send it in and you can play it on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we we have a submissions link which will be below in the in the notes. Uh, and I, geez, I get probably twenty to thirty a week now. Wow! So it, it takes a while for me to go through it. <laughs> so guys, if you do send in music, be patient. I will get to you. I, I like to play a lot of different types of music, um, including those who just start out and it may not be the best song, or uh, you know, it's 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 a little bit off. But I want to encourage people as well. So if they hear their music on the show, it, that's really, it, it boosts them up, you know, and, they, and then they'll continue to develop and hopefully send me some really good stuff in the future. I mean, you've kind of got the punk ethic in the, in the show, haven't you? It's sort of like, you don't have to be great. You know, you can just play three chords. That'll do me, even if you're starting out. Yeah. That's, that's, that's oh, yeah. great. So you, you actually took the influence of punk and put it into a show. <laughs> yeah, that's true, Robbie. That's really great. So, is there been any artists on there that you've sort of looked at and thought, I can't play that? Is there anyone that you've said, actually, no? Uh, there was, there were two bands that I, I couldn't play. One was an independent guy who sent me a music. Uh, it was very religious. And, oh, my God, talk about off key. Oh, <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> you know, I, and I felt really bad. And he's the only guy that actually had to write back. And I said, try and try some religious stations. They might be able to help you with that because it was not only the music was really, really bad, but it was also like condemning people who aren't Christians. And I, I know I don't really go for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So music's anti-religion, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other ones are just um, some punk bands that are just too foul mouthed. I was going to say, yeah. is it a submission thing that if people send it to you, you know, if there's no swear words in the lyrics, it definitely helps you get it on the air. Oh yeah, definitely. I first, when I first started, I, there was a band, um, I don't even think I can say their name, it was so gross, but they were really good and I did try and play them, and, but you had to bleep a lot of stuff out, so I, in the end it wasn't worth playing because half the song was, was bleeped out. But yeah, if, if, it's a, you know, if you can listen to it on regular radio before the watershed, then I'll be able to play it. Yeah. Do you think there should be a, like a watershed now? Do you think people should be able to swear in records if they want, regardless of the time of day? Well, you hear that more and more, don't you? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. <clears throat> I don't think there's really a need, a need for it. You know, a lot of the rap music, there's a lot of, a lot of swearing on there. Um, yeah. we've, I've been sent a few songs for rap. I played some of them. Some of them I couldn't because it was just too out there. And they even said to me, you know, I would tell them that I can't play it because of the swear words. They said, well, you don't really understand rap then. Okay. Maybe I don't, but I know what I can play and what I can't play. Yeah. Is there mm -hmm. anything that's, that's come along that's actually, you thought, 
I'm not going to like it, but I'll play it as part of the show. But you've actually turned around and gone, oh, I really like that, actually. That's, that's yeah. really. Yeah, definitely. There was a, the first song I played by this band called The Sunpin Leaves. It was called, um, I forget the name of the song, but it was a very, very unusual song. Very unusual. At first, I was like, are they kidding me? <laughs> but then I listened to it a few times, and it soon became one of my favorite songs. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful song. Yeah, so, yeah, that happened a few times. Yeah, yeah. I like the, the thing about me, I don't want to blow my own horn, but I do, I'm open to different types of music, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it really, music does affect me. So I, I try and let it, you know, I try and look on the, the, the good side of anything that I listen to. Should we play some more music? Okay, let's. <laughs> okay, who's got next for us? Now, there's this guy, he's up in um, Northern England. I'm not sure where. His name is Lee Richardson. He, he is the, the leader of the band called Dead Dad's Club. And they came out with a, an album. Um, I think it's Sessions from the Basements. It was during the lockdown. And this is one of my favorite tracks from that. It's called What Are You Scared Of by the Dead Dad's Club. Get up. 
That is great. Yeah, yeah. Really good stuff. Dead Dad's Club. They always say that if you're going to do a song and if it's any good, it'll sound great on acoustic. Mm. And that is just fantastic songwriting. It's the structure was fantastic as well. When he's doing like the bit like, who needs me? Where it was over the top yeah. of that in the, in the middle eight there. That is really good. I mean, it put, just puts faith back in the, the English music scene, doesn't it? There's stuff out oh, yeah. there. Great. Yeah, the harmonies were amazing. Reminds yeah. me a little bit of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, you know? It's not wrong with back that. Back in the early days. And also, um, it's got that bit of um, psychedelia in it too, which I really liked. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just, oh, that was, that's just a really good song. Really well written as well. You know, it's, mm. it's perfectly crafted as a song. I hope that's how they do that song. I know it's from the basement sessions or whatever. I hope they don't do that electric because that is the way to do that song. Yeah. I haven't heard, I haven't heard an electric version of that one. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to. Um, but Lee told me that the song is written about a friend who was always high on drugs and he became quite paranoid and scared. So that's where this came from. What are you scared of? Well, see, I took it as, um, breaking up with somebody for the first oh, time. Right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They were breaking up what you're scared of, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, fantastic. I mean, I just love the fact that there's bands like that in basements, literally. So let's talk about putting the show together. How does it work? How do you construct the show generally? Okay. So what I do is I download the, all the music and information. I ask for basic bits of information. I ask for the song, of course, an MP3 version or a wave, but MP3 is better for me. Um, I ask for a JPEG for, so I can publish and promote the band. I also try to get their links if they're on social media. Hopefully they're on the three big three. A lot of times they're not, which makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, and then uh, what I do is I, I use my music app and I put everything into as I get it, just put it in as I get it. And then I take maybe 10 to 15 songs and decide which ones I want to play. I try and use a variety of, of music on each show, <clears throat> unless I'm doing a themed, a themed uh, show. Um, and then I try, it, it takes me a little while because I, I want to get the flow right. You know, so it, it takes me a while. So I'll, I'll put it in a certain order and I'll listen to it and see if it, if it flows all right. And, and I'll, uh, and then I'll try and adjust it, and it it does take me a while. It probably takes me longer than it should, but I'm a perfectionist. In fact, well, I say perfectionist. I want it to be perfect for me, you know? <laughs> I don't know if it's good for others, but it's great for me. Uh, yeah, and then I just do it here in this little home studio. You know, I mix it together. I have my Rode Pro, uh, Rodecaster Pro, which is fantastic. You have one of those, Robbie? I have got one of those. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. And then I don't use a lot of... Um, you know, effects and things. I'm, I'm not really into that kind of 80s radio, you know, the wacky radio. I just try and speak oh, from the heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just try and speak from the heart. And um, yeah, there's probably other things I could do better. I could do social media better. I know, but it really is. It's boring to me, actually. I, I But I know I need to do it. So I do it because I have to. Uh, I wish I enjoyed it more. And there's other things that I'd like to do. I like to get into more video. Um, showing some videos and things like that. There's, I have a whole list of things I want to do. Yeah. But, uh, hopefully they'll, hopefully they will be coming up. So sending in a song, is it, if someone, if there's an artist watching this video or listening to the podcast now and they say, actually, I want to send something in, is, is there an ideal length for you? Like, would it be like, like something around five minutes is fine. It's like, can you, can you not have a 15 minute track? Is it just too long? Yeah, it's, it's too long. I would say the most would be five, six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, because I, I like to play as many songs as I can. Um, and some of, the, some of the songs I get are like 10, 12 minutes. And it's just, 
sometimes I cut them down and I, I speak to the, um, the artist first and say, do you mind if I cut it down a bit? And they're okay with that, but I'd rather not. I'd rather just put it as they, they put it out. So yeah, just a three to five minute song would be fine. You know, it'd be great. Send it in guys. Please send in more music. <laughs> like you've not got enough. Um, <laughs> Sometimes you do specialist shows, as you mentioned earlier. You did one for the Ukraine recently, and that that was really good, wasn't it? That went that, that, that went yeah. down. Yeah, that was really great. That was really great because um, I did one right when the the illegal war started, and the war criminal Putin invaded Ukraine. Um, because I had a band from the Ukraine who sent music in before. They're called Krapka Koma. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, I had some songs from this band called Krapkakoma from Ukraine as two women, electronic music, really good stuff, really good stuff. And I was concerned about her. So Alana, her name was. So I, I emailed her and found out what was going on. And she was no longer doing music. She was doing, uh, she was learning how to fight and learning how to publicize what was actually happening in the war. You know, it changed their lives completely and it really knocked me out, really. So I asked her to speak to the music community that she knew in Kiev and send me music. And it was a really good show, really diverse music. Everyone thinks, well, I used to think that the Eastern part of the world um, had very just synthetic. <clears throat> Sorry, mate, I'm going to have to take a drink. Okay. I mean, it's clear these musicians mean a lot to you, so it's, you know. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was something that really connected with me. And it was a really great show. We raised some money. It was, I'm glad we raised some money. And then a year later, we still, there's still a need for it. So we did a second Ukrainian show and I still have so many Ukrainian tracks left over that uh, I'm trying to play one or two every show and also keep up with the, the charitable donations to the, uh, the uh, charity we support is Musicians Defend Ukraine. And it's, it, it's all about musicians who are fighting on the front line and they don't have what they need. So this, um, this, <clears throat> this charity, sorry. So this charity raises funds to get those things like armor and good footwear and things like that. Real basic stuff that you would think they would have already. They don't. You know, we'll, we'll put a link to that in the bottom as well. So people can find that if they want to donate as well. That's it's great. just, a, it's just a shame that, you know, living in the times we're living in, this is a problem. We should just be promoting the music. And going. Yeah, it's true. You're right. In yeah. fact, um, do you mind if we switch up the order of the song, mate? I got, I'd like to play the David Nero song now. Is that all right? Of course. Yeah, sure. Great. Because David Nero was a, he was a musician from Washington State in the U.S. And he sent me some music and I played it on the show. And when I was doing this uh, Ukrainian show, I wanted him to write a song. <laughs> so I said, mate, write me a song. It's going to go out in two days time. <laughs> now this guy has written about 15,000 songs so he's well versed in writing songs and at first he said I'm not sure if I can I'm not sure if I can and then two days later he sent me this song called Sunflowers and since then he's made a video and it's won an award the Paris Film Festival Best Independent Music Video it's done really really well we're trying to get it to be played in the Wembley um, concert for Ukraine in the, in the fall but uh yeah, I was glad to be part of that. Um, and this is his video for Sunflowers by David Nero. I see sunflowers. I see sunflowers. 
dancing in the breeze I see rivers Flowing to the sea I hear children Laughing in the sun I see storm clouds darkening at far horizon. And I hear people crying out, crying out is one. I hear cannons thundering and answering none. I see lifetimes taken and nothing won. Raging in the night I hear choirs Singing in the camps I see teachers and boys Preachers and nurses Learning how to fight Countries crying out, crying out is one. I see nations rising in fear on the road. And we take this war and take a resolute stand that peace and freedom can walk hand in hand. I see some. I see wheat fields yielding to the wind. I hear mothers calling out to their precious children. I see
That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's really it pulls at your heartstrings, isn't it? It does. It's amazing that you, when when it's music involved, it's a different meaning compared to a bunch of actors singing "Imagine" at you during yeah, COVID. Definitely. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> when you when you've got like music and the video, like where they had the cardboard guns and all this sort of stuff, and ah, mm. uh, oh, it's just madness, isn't it? It's pure madness. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy, and. A lot of the conversations I've had with the Ukrainian people is just, it, it just gets me, you know, all they yeah. want is peace. All they want is peace. And they, they love their country so much that everything I would hear is the glorious, the glorious victory of Ukraine is coming. It's coming. Yeah. It may take a while because that guy is crazy, but Putin, but hopefully we'll get there. And when I do, we're going to do a celebratory Ukrainian show. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Excellent. Also in the links as well, I'll put a link to um, Clark Detchler from Johnny H Jazz. He redid um, Shattered Dreams for the people of Ukraine as well. And that's a donation. Oh, great. So we'll, we'll put great. a link to that. Yeah, we spoke about that during the interview and he's become, I mean, it seems to be the music world is behind this support and the film industry isn't, which is, oh, yeah. isn't. It's only the musicians that are standing up saying this isn't right. That's um, I mean, it's amazingly powerful and it's wonderful mm. that David has done something like that as well, you know, supporting each other. Yeah. That, that's absolutely brilliant. So when it comes to um, musical, do you have a sort of favorite music genre that is it hard to pull away from your favorite one? It is hard to pull away. I like garage rock, you know, I like these boy bands, you know, I, I just, I love that. It's, it's part of my past and I really like that kind of stuff. I've, I do play that, but I play a lot of different other stuff too. I try and keep away from it because I know I could just play that all day. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you get a real balance of like, male and female male artists is there sort of one more than the other is it more sort of single white males is it more female single white? I, I often think about that with the show because i don't want it to be just white men sending in music and it's not it's by far it's it's white people you know and i'm trying to change that because uh, you know i do have a lot of uh, rap that's coming in and i can play some of it and i try and encourage the, their uh, musical mates to send me stuff in um, I haven't really done. I've played a few from Africa, which was quite good, and a lot of reggae stuff. That was good, um, but it's mostly white people. But I'd say probably fifty-five percent of it is men and forty-five women. A lot of women are sending music in, which I love. I think yes. that's fantastic. It used to be when I was growing up that you know if there was a female artist, it was either manipulated by the man who who um, was their manager, you know, like I Cantina, that kind of thing. <clears throat> or they just didn't really make it that that big. But with with the show, with the stuff I'm getting in, we're getting a lot of uh, bedroom musicians, you know, that just write and record in their own bedroom. And then other people who are really serious about it, like Emma, Emma Howard, who was just going full, full hog on it. It's, yeah, it's really great to see these these women do it. Should we have a, a female artist now? Yeah, let's. This oh. one's Madam Who. And she's from uh, Maryland in the US. Now, she and her daughter... Went into the Atlantic Ocean for a little swim, you know, and, and a, a beautiful day at the beach turned into something that was absolutely horrible. They almost drowned. And out of the sea, Audra, her name was, Audra went into the sea, but she came out as Madam Who. And she decided she's going she's gonna, to uh, embrace this new creation of Madam Who and spread the word of inspiration. And she did with her album called Reclaim the Power. So here's the first song off that album, Reclaim Your Power by Madam Who. Reclaim your power Have you ever gotten knocked down so hard you see the stars You wanna end it all But you don't cut something inside You just won't die 
interesting isn't it <laughs> i really like madam who she's she's really inventive she's great she's gotten pretty big in america too she was actually on good morning america which is a huge nationally broadcast morning show 
really wow. good stuff. He's a big champion of women artists and uh, LGBTQ plus um, community. I like the um, the look as well, the sort of steampunk kind of. Yeah, yeah, she's great. That's really cool. fantastic. Uh, do you, is there yeah, sort of? Have you noticed if there's like been is there been like older artists that have submitted stuff to you? Because I noticed like you know a lot of the, some of the people that sending stuff in uh, in their sort of later years. Um, so is there a, is there an age limit? Do people feel comfortable sending you stuff even if they're sixty five plus for argument's sake? Definitely, we've get uh, I've get a lot of older people who who just retired actually. And they're like, I got some, I've got some time now and I've always wanted to do this. I have some songs that I wrote and I'm going to do it. They send them in, you know, after they retire, it's just, it's really great stuff. I'm glad, I'm glad that they do because they feel comfortable. I think also because they've listened to the show before and I don't make any bones about, it. I'm not, I'm not a young man anymore, you know? So it, I think they feel comfortable sending it to me and it's not some, some young hip guy who's going to, you know, downplay their music or, you know, tear it apart. No, I, I accept it as it is. It's really, really good stuff. Talking to punk music as you love it. We're going to play a, a punk track now. Uh, who's this gentleman that's coming up next? Okay. This guy is called Mr. Fall Rise, Nick. He's a really great guy. Now, he, he does it all himself. He writes the songs and he, he works a normal job and he saves up for the recording time. And every once in a while, he'll do a new song. This is one of his earlier songs. I really, really love it. It's called what the heck's it called? It's Good by Mr. Fall Rise. I think of myself as an 80s baby, but was born in 1974. My life's been hit, miss or maybe. I was out when opportunity knocked on my door. Life is like an 80s game show. If you play your cards, I you can come on down. But I don't want to win no speedboat I just want to get out of this town Let's see if it's up there My life is good But it's not quite right It's good But it's not quite right It's good But it's not quite right Somebody show me what I could have won Why? 
it's not quite right, it's good But it's not quite right, someone show me what I could have won It's good, but it's not quite right, it's good But it's not quite right, it's good But it's not quite right, somebody show me That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not all the songs are very serious, you know? So that was a lot of fun. I like Mr. Fall Rise. It's good. <laughs> I mean, what I like about it is it's uh, quite in 80s stuff, which you know I love. To, um, oh, yeah. To think, like, like, let's see if it's up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. That's really cool. I mean, you could, see, you could hear that in a film easy, couldn't you? You know, this sort of like. Oh, yeah, definitely. Those yeah. sort of teenage movies where they're running around and being, <laughs> being divs. Yeah, that's, that's a really good song. What I love about it is. Um, all the tracks you played me so far, the sound quality has been absolutely amazing. Like, like mm. there's a you, you can do home studio stuff now, and it's fantastic. And there's also different artists out there. I've got a record by a man called CJ Moon, and he recorded his entire album on an iPhone. Wow! And um, it's kind of got this echoey, scratchy kind of sounds, and it's a guitar, and it's just his vocal and that sort of stuff. And yeah. um, that's what I like about sort of independent stuff. You know, CJ Moon would not get played on Radio One. Right. But, you know, you've got shows like yourself that will will play those sorts of things. Mm. Um, you've got an exciting sort of announcement, an idea, should we say, coming up? Do you want to talk about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, well, I've always wanted to have an Unknown Sounds gig um, in London, and we're trying to get one together. Now, I've, I've contacted a lot of the artists, and some of them are really into it. Some of them actually want to come over from America to do it. Wow. Um but there's a lot there's a lot going on. You know, I've never done this before. So the more I look into it, the more uh, more complex it is. So what I'm going to try and do, I think, is get maybe five four or five bands together, local bands that have been played on the show and um do a little gig at a small place in London. I think I know which one, but I'm not going to announce it yet. And um it'll do it'll be like half of kind of like folk americana stuff and then go into some harder stuff later that night um yeah so hopefully we'll be making the announcement soon not sure how much time we need to do to do it in advance but uh there's a lot going on so i think it's good i think we actually are going to have an unknown sounds gig and it's going to be for the in the aid of musicians defend ukraine of course so that's where all the money will go if we raise any money so yeah i'm looking forward to that you're gonna you're gonna go robbie if we if we get it together yeah i might come along oh good <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, fantastic. So, um, we're going to play out with one more track in a minute to finish the show. But, um, in the meantime, if people want to submit to the show or, um, for, or find out about the gig, where's the best places to go for that? <clears throat> well, on all the social media, the main social media that Unknown Sounds use is Facebook. It's just Unknown Sounds, and uh, also Twitter, Unknown Sounds PS, and what's the other one? Instagram, Unknown Sounds with Pete Saxer. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to be getting a website up soon, hopefully as well. So that will be the essential hub. But for right now, use the social media links and, um, mostly on, the, on, excuse me. And on those links, you'll also see the submissions link, which is also down below. That'll take you to a little page that explains what we do, how we do it. And then you can submit it. Fantastic. I hope I hear from you guys. I'd like to play your music. Pete, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to play one more song. What's it going to be? Oh, thanks, Robbie. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. We're going to play a song by the Sound Lizards. They're from Southern Florida. They've been a great supporter of, of Unknown Sounds, and we love them. This is a single. It's called Living on Island Time by 
Seb and Gabriel from the Sound Lizards. Powers the world's best podcasts. 
here's the show that we recommend. At this time of year, it feels like there's more football than you can keep up with, doesn't it? Well, maybe we can help. I'm Marcus, presenter of the Football Ramble, the UK's most entertaining football podcast. We react to all the biggest stories from the Premier League and beyond. But you won't hear loads about stats and XG. You'll hear more stuff like this. Yesterday... A man went into a petrol station, <laughs> listening to the kickoff of the Spurs Newcastle game on the radio. Yep. <laughs> filled his car up, got a takeaway coffee, went to the toilet, came back to his car, and Spurs were five 0 down. And don't take my word for it. Since we started, the show's been downloaded over 160 million times. So join loads of other football fans and tune into the Football Ramble throughout Christmas and beyond. Acast helps creators launch, grow and monetize their podcast everywhere. Acast.com